kickoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Can take off 2022 with Wolf and Luke. from the auction community studios it is friday final day of our giveathon for phoenix children's and it is a triple match day all day what, what did you just on? say right there luke you uh, said what triple match all day as we close out this week of the giveathon for phoenix children's so if you've been kind of wavering all week yeah i don't know maybe uh look if you do it today you're getting three times as much as you donate going to the kids yeah the giveathon of course has been going on all week benefiting phoenix children's hospital right here in our own backyard 602-933-4567. That is a number you must memorize. It is a triple match, man. This is the day right now. If you've been on the fence, this is the day to maximize your giving, maximize your impact, maximize your effect on the children of our community right here by picking up the phone and calling 602-933-4567. Triple match. Your $20 becomes 60 I'm not going to do that all over again, Luke. I'm not going to do it. I know I was pretty good with it. I'm just saying this is a triple match right now. Whatever you can give, brothers, let's rally around our babies, man. Let's rally around our kids. Rally around our families. And rally around our neighbors with a pocket full of cash all day on the triple match Friday, baby. 60 becomes 180, becomes 540, becomes 1620. Okay, now you're just showing off. Just knock. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to this Cardinals game on Sunday. Wolf, you and I both had this thought, and uh, and it came up in the pre-show meeting. Yes, it's a preseason game. No, Kyler Murray's not going to play. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, they got to win this game on Sunday. This changes everything if they win or lose. But it is a little bit different in the sense that. People are going to be paying attention who won or lost that game because Baltimore has won 21 games in a row in the preseason. Yeah. That's a record. That's not like, oh, how often does that happen? Yeah. Never. That's how often it By happens. By the way, is John Harbaugh and the Ravens are aware of the fact they've won 21 it games in a row? feels like they might yeah. be able to kind of They're kind of aware of, of it, yeah. man. This is important to them. And that's the reason why this is not your typical preseason game. It is not based on Orleans. There's no way you can cut that. You look at this game right now. This is this is going to be a physical, physical preseason game. Now, once again, who's going to play? I have no idea, right? We certainly don't expect to see Kyler Murray. We certainly don't expect to see a lot of starters out on the field. But I will tell you this right now. This is going to be a physical game. The Baltimore Ravens take these preseason games seriously. And they're one of the, I would say, the top three most physical teams in the NFL because of their offense and how they run their offense. And they love to run the ball in between the tackles. They love to attack you in a north-south direction and then attack you throwing the ball using play action as well. This is who they are. This is what they love to do, Luke. And because of that, there's going to be some guys that are going to be in the box on both sides of the ball for the Arizona Cardinals. Offensively, in the box. And defensively, in the box, this is going to be a test. This is going to be a brawl. Get the mouth guard in and get ready 
to get blood on your hands because it's going to be nasty. We are going to have Antonio Hamilton on the show today. I'm excited about some of these guests, Wolf. Antonio Hamilton, Stone Garrett of the D-backs. Stone Is there Garrett. Anybody on the D-backs you would rather talk to right now than you Stone be Garrett? Kidding me. Just settle down, Stone. As I say that in a very facetious kind yeah, of no, way. Yeah, no, just keep doing what you're doing. A couple hits every night. Uh, Hamilton's coming up shortly, though, and it sounds like Cliff just said today that Antonio Hamilton has passed Marco Wilson on the depth chart. Okay, let's see. Uh, like permanently, but at this mm. exact moment, Antonio Hamilton is your number two corner for the Cardinals. At least that's what we're, we're seeing out of camp today. Boy, how about that right there? Number two. Okay, another metaphorical stick to the eye of Marco Wilson right now, who's got all sorts of talent, so we'll see how that progresses. I'm... I'm just going to live in my world of optimism that that is Antonio Hamilton performing really well and not Marco Wilson taking a step back because you actually need Hamilton to perform really well and Wilson to perform really well and Byron Murphy and you probably need a fourth guy to step up. But once again, when I start thinking of this preseason game that is coming our way, here it comes on Sunday night. There's nothing about this game that says preseason game number two. Nothing. It's uh, it's Sunday night. Is it nationally televised? Uh, yes, it is. It is nationally televised. That's not your typical preseason game. New helmets. Uh, new helmets. The last the... time the Cardinals wore new helmets. Oh, my goodness. Right now, you're just, you know what, Luke? You just you added to my point in a big way right there. The black helmets are coming out on Sunday night for the first time. Here they come. The black helmets are going to wear it a couple of times, I believe, during the season as well. Um, so that is going to be really new. And once again, the physicality of this game and the intensity of this game, that's going to be there for everybody to see. Oh, by the way, who might actually be starting inside the box for the Arizona Cardinals, who's going to face this onslaught of physicality? Zaven Collins. Zaven Collins. This is, I'm like, let's go, Zaven. Let's go. This is it, baby. It's not going to be a lot of mystery as to what they're going to do. They're going to pound the football. They're going to run the football. And they're going to do it in between the tackles. Let's go. Let's go. This is a game where if you were a guy who was 6'4", 260 pounds, baby, and you had a little something-something coming out of the side of your neck, you'd stick it in here and relish this game. Get off blocks. Make plays. Zaven Collins has a chance to to do something he didn't do in preseason game number one. Just say Zaven versus the Ravens. I know you want to say it. <sighs> I don't want to say okay, it. Fine. You, well, you, know, you said it. You said it the other day. Zaven versus the Ravens. And you thought like you were that. all cool no, about it. it. You know, if it rhymes, you should say it. Stop. Um, you Will Hernandez, by the way, is he going to play? <laughs> well, he's got Will, an ankle. I don't know what that well, means. Well, you know what? Yeah, I think he's going to play, though. You I think who's he's going to play right. Trace McSorley against oh. his former team. How about this storyline, Wolf, for a preseason game? Okay. Trace McSorley on a team. Your version might even be better. I, I don't know. Give me the words, man. I'll do this, Maddie. We need to re- like get in the studio and record a duet, Wolf with Maddie Fresh. Maddie Fresh, what up, Maddie? Ronnie Fresh, how about that? <laughs> you got McSorley on a team. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> it's, it's, Trace 
Trace McSorley. Probably okay. going to keep three quarterbacks. All right. Oh, if he why? plays well, if he plays well. Why are they going to probably keep three quarterbacks? They like, they like Trace McSorley. Were so they going to do that coming into this season, by the way? I don't really think they were. And all of a sudden, oh, look, everybody, there's Trace McSorley. He could end his former team's ridiculous preseason winning streak and almost lock up a spot on his new team. He really could. This game, but once again, more reasons why this game is not going to be your typical preseason game number two. It is not. This is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be a good preseason game. I just, I don't remember talking up the Cincinnati game like this, and I'm pretty I'm sure we're Trace not going to talk up the Tennessee game like this. Next up, Trace McSorley. <laughs> The ending is the catchiest part because they just keep saying Trace McSorley. Yes. Uh, Yeah, look, there's a, you know, you keep talking about if you have something coming out of your neck, you still haven't watched Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell actually does when he talks have something coming outside of his neck because he just gets so fired up talking about anything. Yeah. I know. Just, I I love Dan. Just, Dan, don't cry. I mean, just. Don't. And, and also, if we're At making some point in time, I mean, if you're talking about something in life, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, when you're talking about, hey, let's go out and ball out, you, you can't start crying. There was no crying in episode two. And I would say we'd have to go to the judges. I would say Dan Campbell didn't cry in episode one. Okay. He got kind of close. Jamal Williams did. Yeah, right. So. I told you he didn't cry in episode one. Yeah. And everybody tried to tell me, no, I counted like five times. I'm like, uh, I didn't see any tears. I think he just gets really it's, fired up. It's not about the tears, though. I mean, honestly, it isn't. You don't have to cry that way. It's just if you hear... um. <laughs> For Klimp, like I get when I talk about the kids, about that. Okay. Where you can't really say anything because you're talking about the kids. I Okay, the tears aren't rolling, but I feel like the tears would be rolling if I allowed them to roll, that's, if you know what I mean. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. When we come back, kids can't wait. You can make a difference. It is triple match day all day. Our Give-A-Thun week for Phoenix Children's continues next with Jason's story. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Let's go. The Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports App. Give-A-Thon on the Wolf and Luke Show. It is Friday, the final day of our Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. You can become a champion of hope for $20 a month. And, uh, Wolf, it makes all the difference in the world, especially because today is that triple match. So your $20 a month is actually going to result in $60 a month. It's a beautiful thing. It really is right now. Um, 602-933-4567. You gotta get in on this right now. Today is the last day of the Giveathon. The last day that we can rally around these kids and their families and help those that are at Phoenix Children's Hospital right now. 602-933-4567. You can also text, uh, give to 620-620, but that is, uh, the phones appear to be good to go today. Uh, um, let's get to a check presentation, and this one is courtesy of SDB Contracting. 
Hi, my name is Eric Hoffman. I am here today representing SDB Contracting Services. We are very excited to be a part of this year's Giveathon. SDB has been a proud partner of Phoenix Children's for 30 years, and we continue to share that support. We are honored to be able to present this check in the amount of $5,000 that brings our total raised date to more than $100,000. To make your contribution, please join the Giveathon by calling the phone bank at 602 933 4567. On behalf of SB Contracting Services, we'd like to thank Phoenix Children's for taking care of our community, providing world class service because we all know when it comes to our future of our children, moments count. All right. Thanks to SDB Contracting right there, Wolf. Another contribution. It has been huge. It has been impressive all week, not only from our listeners, but from the uh, the corporate sponsors and, and companies. Everybody, either you have a personal connection or you just realize that this is something that affects your community greatly. And so you want to reach out and help. And it has been very impressive all week. That's the only word I can come up it's with. It's one of the great things about it. Once again, living here and seeing the support that Phoenix Children's in the Giveathon in particular is receiving all week long. It's been fantastic. It is time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. In September of 2019, Jason, a student at Brophy College Prep, collapsed during basketball practice and was unresponsive. His mom, Dee, dad, Chris, and Jason talk about that fateful day and what was to come in his Phoenix children's journey. This is Jason's story. Getting a call from the school when you see that pop up on your phone, uh, middle of the day or the afternoon, it always takes a pause. So my husband, he simultaneously was getting a phone call from the police officer that had hopped in the ambulance with Jason. But as we started driving down and discussing what was going on, we started to, I think, get a little bit more panicked. My husband went to park the car and I, I ran in. At that point, that instinct kicked in that something wasn't right. And that's when we found Jason, you know, getting treatment by multiple people. There were first responders standing over him, the emergency room staff. Due to the amount of people in the room, it was it instantly caught you as, wow, this is this is serious. It, it, it was it was frightening. But Chris and I knew to stay calm because we knew that he was in the right place and the experts were taking care of him. Jason had collapsed at practice, that they had gotten to the scene, that an AED had been administered. For that to be administered, we now know the heart must be stopped. Uh, I do remember just waking up in the hospital bed and I was confused. Uh, My mom mentioned to me that I actually thought I was in the hospital because of COVID. I didn't know what had happened to me. It's like my brain just completely forgot about everything that day. But the overall experience from the emergency room to the ICU, it it, it was absolutely incredible and exactly what you would want. And when we did get introduced to the Dr. Franklin, Dr. Velez duo, um, the A-team, we had no idea, again, being in it, that we had, you know, the MVPs of, of you know, the surgical and um, clinical team. You know, everything from them drawing us pictures, you know, asking, answering our questions as things were unfolding. They were so patient. Um, but that's the type of doctors and surgeons that we dealt with who, no matter how long their day was, was making sure we as patients were seen and heard. Um, and that was important. You know, we were scared. Once we started to get more information um, because of the unknowns of Jason's recovery. As the days turn into multiple days and move on, you know, Jason went in and he 
had a surgery approximately a week a week later. So spending time at BCH around the clock, and and, and they do a really good job. They become your family because you you don't leave and you're there nonstop. I can't be, have enough gratitude and be thankful enough to the folks that gave us care. The ICU director stayed. I checked in with her at night, you know, just walking to get a cup of coffee and said hello to her and said thank you for a stat. She knew that Jason was did well and he was checking out of the ICU after his open heart surgery. She smiled. She said, I'm so happy for you because not everyone gets the outcomes. Because we are, we're very fortunate. Jason has a very, very great, and we were very fortunate for his outcome. And and she was another person that just, her, it was so grateful for the staff and the standards that they maintain for themselves in that hospital. It, it was remarkable. Wow, what an incredible institution you'll find yourself in when if, if you receive care or ever need to attend PCH for any reason. As is the case so much of the time, Luke, this is exactly what happens. Suddenly you're going through your day just like any other day and suddenly you get a call on your phone and your day and your life is about to change forever. That's exactly what happened to Jason's parents. 602-933-4567. Suddenly Jason collapsed at, at a practice and needed help and he needed the help from Phoenix Children's Hospital. Can you pick up the phone and call right now on a triple match Friday? and become a champion of hope for $20 a month, 602-933-4567. Yeah, that sounds just a reminder that we are in that triple match all day, courtesy of Valley Hyundai Dealers, Wolf. Triple match. They're the ones doing the triple match all day. And I got some numbers I want to throw at you, okay? Yes. Some names, because you said, okay, can you can you call in? Can you uh, can you donate? Yeah, here's some people that have. Merle and Chandler, $480 right. from Whoa, Merle. Oh, nice Merle. And that's before the triple. So go ahead and do the, the, the math. Right. On that, right? Just okay. forget about it. Just go. Uh, Jerry and Snowflake, 240. Martin and Peoria, 240. Again, these numbers are before the triple. Maryland and Tempe, 1,000. I can do the math oh, on that. Man, so that's 3,000. Yes. Uh, John and Cave Creek, 2,000. So that's 6,000. Uh, Ron in Scottsdale, 260. Just take all those numbers, add them up. I can't do it in my head because I'm. Yes. It's not going to even right, exactly. and then triple it. And, and that's, triple it, that's the impact six people in this city of what, like six million just had. And also, too, I just got some numbers from Phoenix Children's. There are currently 352 inpatients at the hospital. 52 kids are currently in the emergency department. 27 babies are currently in the NICU. And 47 kids are in the cardiovascular ICU. Okay, you said f- how many kids in the emergency room? Right? 52 kids right now. Right now. Think about that. Oh, my goodness. That is unbelievable. Pick up the phone and call in the name of those kids right now that are in the emergency room. 52 kids. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Call now in the name of those kids that are in there right now that need your help and need our help. Pick up the phone and call. 
Yeah, this is the day to do it. Not not that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday was a bad day to do it, but you know, if you're if you're just kind of oh all week, I don't know if it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. Maloney just gave you the numbers of of a very specific. Here we are, this day in time, right? Those are the numbers of children that are in need specifically at the hospital right now. And we just gave you some of the names. Just six people that just called in and made a huge difference. And the difference you make today is going to be triple the normal difference because of Valley Hyundai dealers. You had Jason right there right and suddenly his life changed he collapses at practice his life changes parents get a call on the phone all of a sudden he needs open heart surgery he gets that surgery he gets it at phoenix children's and guess what he got well this is this is what we hear so much of the time Right? Yes, there are some stories that do not end well. Yet Phoenix Children's with a square jaw and a brave face, they walk right through it with the families and walk with the families right through that in their lives. But there are so many success stories right in our own backyard because of Phoenix Children's. We got a triple match going on right now. 602-933-4567. Whatever you donate is tripled. Now is the time to pick up that phone and call, brothers and sisters, 602-933-4567. And that sound means it is time for the train Teddy Bear Express, heading up to the children's rooms to deliver some teddy bears in your name. If you become a champion of hope for $20 a month, a teddy bear is going to be delivered to a patient in your name. You'll also receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. All right, when we come back, we will get back to football. What does Antonio Hamilton hope to bring to the Cardinals' cornerback room this season? We're going to talk to him about it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, welcome back to the Wolf and Luke Show. Of course, the Cardinals taking on the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night, Wolf. And one of the guys that has really made a name for himself, I don't want to even just say just in camp, because he did this last year with the team, but uh, but certainly in camp as well, is Antonio Hamilton. He joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line. Antonio, thank you for the time. How how would you assess how uh, how camp and that first preseason game have gone for you so far? Uh Number one, thank you for giving me the opportunity. And two, uh, this has been going great. And I've just been coming out here and showing the coaching staff, uh, along with my fellow teammates, that I'm a consistent player. And just to show that, you know, uh, with me getting the opportunity to be here during a training camp that I didn't get the opportunity last year, that uh, I'm one of those guys that they can lean on and, and feel confident, you know, going into whatever game may be, that me going out there, I'm consistent and that I know the plays. You know, Antonio, you really have taken the road less traveled here. You're 29 years old, and this training camp in the Arizona Cardinals marks your fifth team. Tell me your story. What has happened to you? Uh, well, number one, uh, I thank God for the opportunities that he's blessed me with. And uh, just two, just coming out, you know, uh, South Carolina State. Uh, I was a walk-on at uh, South Carolina State, and coming in, I was undrafted. I've been usually like the last corner on the board each and every year. 
I spent two years in Oakland where I've been blessed. I was blessed, you know, be on the 53 man roster each year. Coming out of that preseason, my third year, they waived me and I was claimed by the Giants. I was there on the 53 man roster the whole year, and that's kind of where I started establishing myself as a special teams guy. And then I re signed there another year. Uh, after that season, and you know, did a gr- great job. Got the opportunity to start in two games, played pretty good enough to where the Kansas City Chiefs uh, wanted to sign me that following year in 2020. Um, I went there, started the uh, first game, or actually two. I started the first game and uh, the last game of the season uh, right before the playoff uh, run, and I played a, a number of times throughout that throughout that season and uh, and still with the special teams uh, type of uh, uh, persona that I carry with myself and uh, went on, lose Super Bowl. And then uh, after that season, it was hard for me to find a job. Uh, Tampa Bay, they called and um, they offered me a, a, a tryout. So I had to go to rookie minicamp last year um, and do the rookie minicamp, you know, to uh, lock in a contract. Went there. Uh, stayed there during the training camp, and I, I had a really good uh, preseason, but I guess it wasn't enough for them. Um, and they ended up releasing me. Uh, they wanted to sign me back to the practice squad, but I felt like I had a better opportunity um, after they released me with the teams that had reached out that the Cardinals would be the best suit for me. So I came to the Cardinals um, last year, uh, right before week one. Uh, I signed initially to the practice squad, but uh, I was elevated the first three weeks of the season and before they add, added me on to the yeah. three-man roster. And so uh, I, I was fortunate enough that I, I had one signed on practice squad, but I actually played in every game. So I didn't miss out on anything. And uh, I went through, you know, uh, got thrown in the fire a couple times, uh, really especially week two. Um, we had a corner to go down. They threw me in the game. Was just like, hey man, just do your best. We we know we know you know how to play ball. Just just try to get, you know, whatever help that you can from the guys while we we're out there getting against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Went out there, played, got my hand on a couple balls, uh, and uh, that was when I got the uh, famous backflip that I did. <laughs> that a lot of people were talking about. <laughs> I, and, Antonio, uh, I, I got to ask uh-huh. you though, your your story is one of perseverance. It is unbelievable, and yet you have a huge opportunity. Do you not here with the Cardinals? Yes, uh, yes yeah. I just I just try to come in every day. You know, uh, I'm I'm not competing with anybody in particular except for myself. You know, I come in every, each and every day and try to make sure that I, I'm consistent and I try to grow 1% better every day. And uh, what I do and what I show on film, if it's enough, you know, where they feel like I can go, then I can go, you know. Um, and then I'm I'm just putting it all and let them know that I'm, I'm a team first guy. They know that and they know that I can step in in a major way. And with me, you know, having this camp underneath my belt this year, it just shows them yeah, to have even more confidence in me uh, knowing that I can uh, play ball with the way that I play with even now having the playbook uh, down that I'm, I play, I'm playing even faster than I was last year. So, you know, uh, I, like I said, I just try to come in every day, work on my game and get 1% better and uh, put my best foot forward for the team. We're talking to Antonio Hamilton. Uh, Antonio, I mean, you, you gave us your story. I think Cardinals fans, too, have, have just in seeing you play last year and, and in camp this year. I mean, you, you are used to being in survival mode when it comes to your career. So I would think in a situation like this, you're probably more well-equipped for the preseason and making it into the regular season, you know, fighting for roster spots and playing time than, than a lot of guys are at this point in their careers. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and with that experience, you know, there's no pressure for me. Like I, like how you said, you know, I've been through this process a number of times throughout my career. 
And um, it's just one of those things that, you know, everybody doesn't get the same opportunities. And so you have to be prepared and ready for the moment and, and seize the opportunity that's given. And, you know, you just make the best with it and trust and believe in yourself and the abilities that God has blessed you with. And you just go out there and put your best foot forward. Antonio, inside or out, do you like playing in the slot or do you prefer actually playing on the outside? Well, I've I've done it all, so I can't really say. You know, I got it all on tape as far as what I can do, and I can I play at both at a high level. So, you know, which of whichever they ask for me to do, you know, I'm here to do it, and I'm going to do my best at it. Yeah, I'm talking to Antonio Hamilton. Antonio, it seems like you have found a home here in this defense, and obviously that means playing for Vance Joseph. What is he like as a coach for a player like yourself? Uh, number one, he's extremely smart, and he's very detailed in his uh, in his work and his scheme. You know, it's really a plug-in type of situation where if you're smart enough and they can grasp and uh, understand uh, his philosophy as far as going out there and playing with uh, different techniques and leverages, you can succeed. And so with the opportunity that he has given me, you know, and me just going out and putting it on tape, you know, he's just grown that trust in, in me and he sees as far as how I work. And uh, I'm just thankful for him and I'm blessed for the opportunity that I've been given. Antonio, what do you consider to be your strengths? Would you rather walk up over a receiver, play some press man cover, or would you rather play in his own room? Your choice. Yeah, my, yeah, my, my, my strength is definitely press. Uh, I like to compete. You know, it's not to say that you don't get the opportunity to compete, you know, with having a lot more, you know, all for a lot more vision. That's cool. That's fun uh, and all. But if it, it's, it's something about pressing, you know, when, if you give up a catch, when it's, when you're a press man, you know, that's man whooping man. So I'm all about that, you know, where you in some cases, you know, you're having vision zone, whatever the, the defense may be. You know, we may allow a certain catches and me and my philosophy as far as me being a player. I don't like giving up a single catch. So I'd rather, if I can be pressed, I want to be pressed. So I'm going to make him earn his uh, earn his keep. So if he's going to catch a pass on me, it's going to be because, oh, he ran a good route and, and, and caught an extremely contested catch uh, or something like that. Like, I don't like giving up free catches. So I definitely prefer to press. Uh, Antonio, a lot of people look at this Cardinals team and their question is, is the depth behind Byron Murphy and yourself and Marco Wilson. What, what can you tell us about the other corners in the room this year? Well, we have a lot of dogs. It's, it's not about the names. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of people fall into the hype of, oh, this guy uh, has this name or he played here or he, he went to this school or he was drafted in whatever round. Like, that doesn't mean anything. You know, a dog is a dog. You put a dog out there on the field and he can fight. And that's what we have in our room. We have a, a, a ton of fighters and uh, ultimate competitors. And we are all brothers. And, and like I said, we go out there and we put our best foot forward and we compete each and every day in every single rep. There's not a play uh, that we've went, been through or even seen this, far, this past training camp where we haven't had guys in our secondary room, you know, competing at the, at the POA, the point of attack. So, like, we have a bunch of dogs, and I'm extremely confident in the room that we have. And so y'all should be the, y'all should have the same level of confidence of anybody out there that's concerned about uh, the, the, the type of guys that we have in our room. Antonio, we appreciate the time, man. Good luck on Sunday and the rest of the way. All right. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, brother. Up. 
That's Antonio Hamilton joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. I like it. Not not lacking for confidence. No. And considering the path he has taken, it's I think he's earned that confidence. No you? doubt about it. And one of the reasons why he is here is because he does like walking up over receivers and pressing. He was speaking, no doubt. speaking your language there at the end with the uh, the dogs they have in the cornerback. Start room barking. Too. I thought he was going to say that. All right. When we come back, the Diamondbacks are rolling and Zach Gallen is leading the way. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Another win for the D-backs last night, 5-0 over the San Francisco Giants. Technically, it was yesterday. 5-0 over the Giants, Wolf. I'm going to throw some stats at you, okay? Okay. I got a lot, actually. Beautiful. Uh, when you talk about the lineup that was able to beat the Giants, it nobody in that lineup other than Christian Walker is older than 29. So this is, and they're, they're really, they're all like mid to young 20s. Man, I'm digging this. So you already have that going for you. You have Stone Garrett specifically with a couple more hits. The first D-back to collect three extra base hits in his first two games ever. Ever. I mean, that is just, uh, just stop and think about that for a minute. Um, did Goldie do that? No. He did <laughs> no, not. He did not. Did Chris Young do that? No. It's just amazing to actually see this, man. You, you, you know there's been some pretty good players here coming up through the organization, of course. And to actually get that in regard to Stone Garrett and what he is accomplishing, what he's doing right now in his first two games, it's just absolutely hysterical. Now, listen, we all know baseball. Baseball is not about two games. Baseball is not about two weeks. Baseball isn't even about two months. It's about doing it consistently over seasons <laughs> and yet stone garrett well done young man he's going to join us later on in the show he's also the fifth diamondback ever to collect four hits in their first two career games the last one was adam eaton 10 years ago yeah and he's also not so young <laughs> he really he's, is not he's been bouncing around been to bouncing get to this around. point absolutely eight years uh the for the d-backs it was their first shutout win at oracle park since september 16th of 2017 we had mike hazen on earlier this week we talked about how for whatever reason the d-backs just can't win in san francisco they're 2-0 and since that interview and then there's this one wolf zach gallon career high with 12 strikeouts Career high seven and a third innings pitched. I never even realized that he had not gone past seven innings in a game in the major leagues Nor ever. Had I. And he is now up to what twenty one and a third consecutive scoreless innings. So when you're looking at this team and you're saying, okay, but is this the sort of stuff that can carry over to next year? Well, no, you don't get to carry these wins over. But it's the young hitters that are hitting. And Zach Gallon in particular looks like the guy that I think we all expected he would be, but he wasn't last year. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Um, listen, when you think of the Diamondbacks, the very first thing I think of is Mike Hazen. I'm sorry. I think of Mike Hazen, and I think of Mike Hazen and his philosophy. And his philosophy is what? Pitching and defense. That's his philosophy. And it appears as though there also has been a paradigm shift within the organization where now it's pitching and defense and all about developing pitchers and guys that play defense, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's all about the farm right now and pitching and defense and developing guys that know how to do that. And, man, I, I don't know about you guys out there, but this is one of my favorite iterations of the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
watching all of these young guys. I can't remember so many young guys actually contributing to a season in which, yeah, they're below 500. Yeah, it's not great. They're still, what, eight games below 500. But at the same time, man, they're getting better. And from the All-Star break, you can see it. They are getting better. It's incredible watching them. And I don't know about you. I'm more encouraged than I've ever been watching the Diamondbacks. Look, I'll come back to what we talked about the day after they were able to draft Drew Jones. I have a lot of confidence in Mike Hazen. I think most D-backs fans have confidence in Hazen. Even last year, I think they were like, okay, but we have confidence in Hazen that he'll get this turned around. As long as you develop these players, which they're doing, and as long as you keep them when they get really good, that's really the un- only unknown here. I, I don't want to be a farm system for-, for other teams. You know what I mean? But I think you can have success drafting and developing your own players if Mike Hazen is your GM. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to pitching coach Brent Strom, too, because as he has come in, all of a sudden now we're seeing young pitchers start to get better yeah. instead of just kind of stagnate when they get here. Yeah, it's just, you know, once again, though, to see players developing, it just fills you with a hope, especially in the game of baseball. We all love seeing the young guy trying to make his way, right? Clawing and scratching, coming from the minors. We all love to see that. Man, they got farmers all over the lineup. And when you look at these guys that are, are making a difference, Dalton Varsho and the way he's developed so much this year from last year. And then you you look at Josh Rojas. Josh Rojas, as a matter of fact. When you look at him and the way he's developed from last year, do you see improvement with Josh Rojas right now? Yeah, there's no doubt you see that kind of improvement. Jake McCarthy as well, and Alec Thomas. It goes on and on and on. These young guys that are developing before our very eyes, man. This is the way the Arizona Diamondbacks have got to do it going forward because it's sustainable. It is. Since July 1st, Josh Rojas is hitting just about 322. That's almost two months of hitting well over 300. And it, it shows. Like if, you, if, you're, if you've been watching the Diamondbacks, certainly if you've been going to the games, even the days where he doesn't have a hit, and those have been few and far between over the last two months, he's hitting the ball really well. Yeah. And sometimes it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, I hit it right at the left fielder on the liner, and it, it just, the guy was able to make the catch. If the guy, if your batting average is 204, and we're talking about, oh, that should have been a hit, you got unlucky. Then you look at the average, you're like, okay, but you're hitting 204. But he's hitting 322 over the last almost two months now, and it shows. And so the few times he does get out, you're like, he almost got a hit there, too. I mean, that is, I know he's not like the traditional leadoff yeah. hitter, but when he bats leadoff, you feel pretty confident that the D backs are going to have a guy on base to lead off at least one, if not maybe two or even three innings. Did you happen to see where ESPN now, their number one prospect in baseball is Corbin yes. Carroll? You happen to see that? Yeah, he's not even here yet. (laughs) How about that? Okay, um, are you kidding me? Could you see an outfield where you had Alec Thomas playing center field? Would you say he's good with a glove, Luke, in center field? (laughs) I think he's already one of the best fielders. Struggling at the plate, but one of the best center fielders, I think, in baseball. Right. You know what? They've made an adjustment to Alec Thomas. Now it's time for him to make an adjustment to the adjustment. But, my goodness, um, the way that he plays in center field, now all of a sudden you're going to have maybe Dalton Varsho playing right field and then Corbin Carroll playing left field, you're going to have maybe the fastest outfield in all of Major League Baseball. 
you can have the fastest outfield out there in the best defensive outfield, I think, in all of Major Which League Baseball. Which was the plan. That was clearly the plan. It was to have, what it would, Mike Hazen was on with us on Wednesday. He said, I want to have the best defensive outfield or at least one of the top how two or many, three. How many runs is that going to be able to save a pitcher? How many runs over the course of a year is that going to be able to save a pitcher? If you're, if you're building your, your team on pitching and defense, would you say that a pitcher's best friend are good outfielders who actually can cover an awful lot of ground and make the kind of plays we saw Dar- Dalton Varshow make on a dead sprint in Triples Alley? Are you kidding me? Alec Thomas, how many great plays he's made with the glove. And you're telling me you're going to bring up Corbin Carroll? Holy cow. I mean, that's to say nothing of Drew Jones. I know he's a few years away. And Jordan Lawler, who just stole home the other day. Like, he's he's hitting as well. Like, you have... You have the pieces. You have to zig whenever when you're in a division where where everybody else is zagging in the sense that the Dodgers have an infinite amount of money to spend that they can just go out and buy MVPs off of other teams, proven MVPs. And San Diego can do the same, although they can't keep Fernando Tatis on the field. If you're in that division, you've got to draft well and you've got to develop and you've got to make you know trades at the minor league level well. The key, honestly, Wolf, I think this team, I truly believe this team is on the right track. Just... Pay your players when they get really good. That's years away. I get that. But you, you got to keep those guys when they get really good. Yeah, the only other thing I want to say just quickly is Tori Lovello. Of course, a lot of people talking about Tori Lovello and getting a contract extension right now. You've got all these young guys that are developing. If they continue to play this way through the rest of the season, man, I'm I'm all for extending Tori Lovello. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. For with you there. And they, they have good stories. Like they have Stone Garrett, who, again, we're going to talk to later on in the show. Last year, they didn't have a lot of good stories. They had the Tyler Gilbert no-hitter, and it was just kind of like 161 other games you were trying to get through. This year, they're fun. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, who or what will we have our eyes on in the Cardinals' second preseason game against the Ravens Sunday night? Fulcrum football is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.